the started a topic dumped in a shifter the last two weeks uh we started that topic uh dumped in a shifter so when we started with dumped in a shifter uh, last week we looked at running through the sifter one of the things that we learned from the very beginning when we started dumped in a sifter was to talk about uh flour so it's to explain uh the process of uh a hardened flour to becoming a fine flour and how sifting is involved to achieving a fine flour towards baking either a bread, baking a cake, or whatever it is that you want to use or achieve with your flour. One of the things we also said was that we cannot sit down and eat a bowl of flour. We said that if we want to dissolve any hardened flour, for us to be able to make a fine flour out of a hardened flour, then we need to sift that flour. We looked at uh, a description or an image of what a sifter looks like. And then we also said that when we get flour sifted, when flowers go through sifting, at the end of the day, if it is a bread that we want to bake using those flowers, then those bread become lighter and become lighter. And then we also asked ourselves two weeks ago, who has no sin? Everybody who was here was able to say yes, that they sin in their lives, that they sin in their lives. So again, if you look at the screen, that was the example of an image that we saw as a sifter. So this is what is common. There are different types of images. But again, if you look at this sifter, uh, when you pour a flour, a hardened flour, and then you begin to sift uh, everything, that is uh, an unwanted element, all those unwanted particles are separated uh, from the fine flour. So at the end of the day, you have fine flour coming out of this hardened flour. And we also said that one of the things, or the reason why we sift the flour is because we need to remove all those little pieces, all those little pieces that would certainly ruin the bread, the cake, and other recipes that we want to use for this powdery substance. So we said removing unwanted impurities would help us to make uh, the cake we want. And when we begin to remove those things, unwanted elements, particles in our flour, it will enable us to now incorporate other ingredients that should be mixed together with the flour so that we can achieve a best result. We look at Bible illustrations two weeks ago using the book of Luke, chapter 22, verses 31 to 32, where Jesus was talking to Simon. Simon, he said in Luke 22, verses 31 to 32, says, Simon, Simon, Peter, listen, Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain, but I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail. And you, once you have turned back again, meaning once you have converted back again uh, to me, strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. So we looked at the life of Peter and all that he did, all that he went through, how he was able to fight for Jesus, even though that was a wrong way in fighting. Uh, Jesus had to stop that. And we also saw how Peter denied Jesus. Uh, two weeks ago, we said that based on what Jesus told Peter in the Bible verse we just looked at, that Satan is demanding for us, you and I, and that the enemy sees our flaws and inconsistency, the enemy sees the sin in our lives. Remember again, we said two weeks ago that everybody has a sin. We all acknowledge, those of us who were present, that we all have sins in our lives. So the devil sees all those things. He sees our flaws, our inconsistency. And then we also said that see, the sifting that happens to us is not just a one-off thing. That it's seasonal. It goes round. So it's not one-off. It's not one-off. And if you want to see yourself coming out strong after... Um, uh, after sifting, then you see that, yes, you overcome the devil. You overcome that sifting moment. And at the end of the day, you rise. You get promoted by God 
if you should come out as a fine flower at the end of the day. He said that if you look at a bread, a cake, they all come out well. They come out rising up. Uh, the flowers were all, are always flat. They look flat and all that. But by the time those flowers go through those processing, those flowers go through all the mixing of ingredients and the shifting, you will now see that they come out strong for everyone to eat. Again, we looked at another Bible illustration two weeks ago. Uh, the book of Hebrews 12, chapter 1, uh, verses 1, I beg your pardon, Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and then cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, for the, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. So, one of the things that we said concerning this Bible verse as it relates to being dumped in the sifter is that we oftentimes overlook or we, we, we have this misconception that our focus should only be on those so-called or supposedly big sin, big sin. Meanwhile, the things we go through, all those little, little sins that we ignore are what the devil uses most of the time against us. And the Bible is telling us here in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, that we should take away every unnecessary way because the bread itself will come out light, will come out light. So for you to come out light successfully, you have to take off all those unnecessary weights so that we can become better for Christ. And we did a reflection that we should search for the little things that has in one way or the other infiltrated our lives so we go through this shifting moment this safety season that happens at different times even though some of us might look at it as a harm that maybe god is trying to harm us no god is never trying to harm us it is for our own good and it is for his glory we also we, we ended up concluding according to psalms chapter 51 verses 17 psalms 51 verses 17 that it is important that you and i have a contrite heart. which is important that you and i have a contrite spirit a broken a heartbroken spirit that we need to be sorry for our sins in order for us to be able to go through this safety moments just like peter went through and then last week we were now able to look at uh running through the sifter running through the sifter last week we we, we said that the first one is being dumped into the sifter but then we also after being dumped into the sifter we run through the sifter we looked at the bible text as you can see on your screen uh in matthew chapter 6 verses 13 it says and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil it is very important uh when you look at the screen uh, uh the screen before you you will see that apple very appealing very very attractive and you see three men who are trying to go grab that apple not knowing that they are just by the cliff and any little step any one two more step forward will cause them to fall into that trap so the enemy always uses different things to trap us and then most of us end up failing if you look at that same bible verse in luke chapter 22 verses 31 to 34 again jesus said to peter the devil satan has demanded to sift us he demanded to sift us we also use the example of the life of job uh two weeks ago to talk about sifting and how god tests us and all of that now last week our focus was more on peter we wanted to see what happened to peter and all of that and what we ended up discussing last week was that peter was sifted peter was sifted you and i are going to go through the sifter as a matter of fact some of us currently probably are going through the sifter but we wanted to know who was simon peter who was simon peter one of the things that we said last week was that simon peter is a man who we can refer to as the fisherman 
Peter the fisherman. The fisherman who is very hardworking, as you can see on the image on the screen, uh, he could withstand storms at the sea. Peter had his mother-in-law even living with him. I'm sure Peter was doing like three, four shifts and all of that. Very hardworking, very hardworking. For you to be a fisherman, you must be very hardworking, doing everything you can to feed your family. He was very responsible. So this is one part of the life of Peter. Now, another thing that we saw about Peter is that Peter was a loyal disciple. A loyal disciple. He was very loyal to Jesus. He was always there beside Jesus. So that's another thing about Peter. I'm sure there's a lot of us today, we're not just hardworking in all that we do. We are also loyal. We come to church. We're always there to do everything for God because we love God. So uh, there's some similarities uh, between uh, we, if we are loyal, and Peter also. Another thing we said last week was that Peter was a risk taker. Remember when Jesus appeared on the sea, there was storm, there was storm all over. Some of the disciples, including Peter, were in the boat. And then they saw Jesus walking in the, on the sea. And Peter was so bold to say, Jesus, can I come? Can I come join you? And Jesus beckoned on him to say, hey, come. And then he began to walk on water on the sea without sinking. But immediately, Peter recognizes the waves. Immediately, his focus shifted from Jesus to the waves, he began to sink until he said, Jesus, please save me. So this is one thing about Peter. He's always um, always taking risks. He's a loyal disciple. Peter, a hardworking fisherman. Peter, always there to do anything for Jesus. Now, we, we, we also saw that Peter is a wonderful friend of Jesus. How do we know that he's a wonderful friend of Jesus? The Bible says that Peter uh, amongst, uh, was among the other disciples, uh, James and John, that were taken to the Mount of Transfiguration to experience the glory of Jesus. So you had uh, Moses, you have Elisha, who appeared to, with Jesus and they saw the glory of God. In fact, Peter told Jesus that let us build three shelter here so that we just live here permanently forever. You know, so Peter was that wonderful friend that saw the glory of Jesus until Peter began to weep. What made Peter weep? The Bible recorded those instances that gave us an account of how Peter wept. Why did Peter weep? We said last week that Peter wept bitterly because he publicly denied Jesus. And this was at a time Jesus needed him most. This was at a time Jesus wanted Peter to be there for him. Apparently, before this scene happened, Jesus had told Peter that he was going to deny him three times. That before the cock crows, Peter, you will deny me three times. But Peter said to Jesus that, no, I ain't going to deny you. But Jesus, who is Alpha and Omega, who knows tomorrow, told Peter that, hey, you are going to deny me. Peter overinflated his integrity. So one of the things that we said last week was that a lot of us overinflate our integrity. We say, I can never lie. I can never cheat on my spouse. I can never steal. I can never do without going to church or studying my Bible or pray. I can never drink alcohol. I can never smoke. I can never womanize. But one day, it's very possible to find oneself doing this same thing. Why? Most likely, we also overinflated our integrity. Peter was shaking. Peter was not just dumped in the sifter, but he ran through the sifter. You know how that image looks like again? If I take it back, you will see that once you have the five or the hardened flour dumped into the sifter and then begin to shake it. This was what Peter experienced. It was dumped into the sifter. And then the sifter was being shaken. Why? Because they needed to take out a fine flour from the sifter. That was what Peter went through. Peter was dumped into the sifter. Peter ran through the sifter. The same risk taker, loyal disciple, friend of Jesus, hard-working fisherman, Peter denied Jesus. 
That was why he wept. It was shaking and bounced around. Peter was shaking through the sifter, as you can see also on the screen. He was shaking. He was shaking. Some of us might be shaking right now. Some of us will still be shaking. Some of us were shaking yesterday. But it doesn't mean that it's a one-off thing. You and I will always be shaking. We'll always be shaking. And you might be wondering, why do we have to go through the sifter? Why? Why do we have to be dumped into the sifter? The truth is that, as, as we said last week, is that to, be, to sift is to separate the wheat from the shaft. God needs to take away all those unwanted particles, elements away from us so that we can come out fresh. Running through the shifter, last week we said, it means that you are going to find out. You're going to find out a lot of things about you. You're going to find out so many things during the sifter. You're going to find out so many things during the sifter. And those things that you will find out during the sifter are what is in you. What is in you? Imagine Peter saying, I cannot betray you, Jesus. I can't betray you. Oh, no, no, forget it. But he went through the sifter. And look at it. He wept. Because he saw that he betrayed Jesus. Do you know that you and I crucified Jesus the second time? After he had been crucified on the cross of Calvary? How do we crucify Jesus the second time? When we commit sin. When we cannot stand for Jesus. Not only did Peter deny Jesus, Peter also denied his own identity. Peter could not stand and proclaim for God. We read through last week that the, 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 the young lady, the, 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 the maid, was able to identify Peter as one of the people who were coming with Jesus, who were walking with Jesus. And Peter went to that extent of cursing himself. Peter cursed himself. Just imagine that. And I told us last week that some of us, including myself, we might have found ourselves also cursing ourselves. That no, if I do this, this should happen to me. I can never do this. I can never do this. But we end up doing it. Now, you'll be wondering, why will Jesus allow Peter to go through that sifting and temptation? Because he saw it. Jesus didn't stop it. Jesus told him about it. He was even fortunate. Some of us don't get to know. But last week I said it is possible for us to know or have an idea because God sometimes, often, will tell us that some temptation is coming our way. It is very, very possible. So Jesus told Peter. The only thing he said to Peter was that I have prayed for you that your faith does not fail. I have prayed for you, but you will deny me. And when you deny me and you get converted, you get turned back to me, then strengthen the burden in the faith. So it is very important for you and I to be aware. Peter was in the sifter. He couldn't see himself denying Jesus. You and I most times will not see ourselves denying Jesus. But I said to us last week that it is very imperative it is very pertinent, it is very, very key, very expedient that our prayer should be based on what we read in the beginning. In Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus was teaching us how to pray, he said one of the things we should pray to the Father is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Ladies and gentlemen, sifting is a terrible experience. If you don't believe me, ask Job. If you don't believe me, go read the story of Peter again and see how Peter wept bitterly. And you're still wondering, maybe, why God allows sifting for us believers. Like I said earlier on and also last week, that it is to allow us know and identify those areas in our lives that we are weak. Those areas in our lives that we are susceptible to temptations. Because you don't want to keep growing in God and you still have weaknesses in you. Because the reason again is that the more you are anointed, the more those weaknesses in you also grow. So if you are the type who is always prone to fornication or stealing, and you keep climbing the ladder spiritually, then that fornication or stealing will also begin to amplify. 
And I gave example of pastors who still mess around in one way or the other. Or even general believers don't have to be a pastor. The more you get up, you go up rather, the more that weakness in you also grow. So God wants us to know and identify those weaknesses. Because if God tells you, you probably would deny like Peter and say, hey, I ain't going to do that. And the second reason why God allows us to go through sifting is, as you can see on the screen, to enable us to be used by Him. Because most times, we don't get to know where and when and how this sifting happens. You don't get to know. So God will want us to know how to get this out of us in order for us to be used by Him. And you cannot tell God that this is how I want my sifting experience to go. You can't tell God that this is when the sifting experience should happen. You can't tell him how or where it should happen. It will just happen. That's why we need to always pray. Lead us not into temptation. But at the end of the day, this sifting experience is to help us to come out better. It is to help us to come out better. Somebody shared with me last week, just after we finished, uh, and the person was saying, Pastor, you know that I had a similar experience, a similar experience about sifting. And I was just laughing when the person was talking to me. Because this is something that happens to most people. And like I told you guys, I have also experienced a lot of sifting. Some, thank God I passed. (laughs) Some, I failed woefully. If you look at your screen, you will see that Peter also got caught off guard. So, I said last week, never inflate your integrity. Because, (laughs) you and I, not just you, you and I, we always get caught off, off guard. I remember sharing with you all, at different times and I think I mentioned it last week if I'm correct that there was a day I was in a car and then just from the side mirror I saw a lady walk she was walking and the only thing I saw out of her body was a bomb immediately some word was going to come out from my heart through my mouth and what was that word I was going to say damn but just at the point that that word then was going to come out of my mouth, I quickly rebuked it. If somebody was sitting beside me that day, they would have thought maybe I'm, I've gone bonkers or I'm beginning to experience some mental illness or whatever it is. They would probably think I'm mad, I'm crazy. Because it was with everything within me. It was with all seriousness and pain that what I mean that was the same way I said I said what rubbish or was it what nonsense and then I said I rebuke you in Jesus name what am I rebuking the devil because why will I comment on somebody's ass now I'm a pastor should that have happened I never knew that that word damn would have come out of my mouth Thank God I didn't fall into the temptation. Because it is not until you do something in the very heart, and I'm talking about physically, that you are falling into the temptation. The moment it crosses your heart and you consider it, you are falling. People don't think of that. People think it's until you do it physically. The moment you have it entertained, The moment it is considered, the moment it is given a second thought, then that person has committed sin. That person has failed. So, Bible says to us that we should guard our hearts with all diligence. Because out of it are the issues of life. In the book of Proverbs, it says, guide your heart with all diligence because out of your heart are the issues of life. The same word of God told us that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? So, that day, I, I, I was so mad at myself that, what rubbish? Me? No, not in the kingdom of God. We don't do that yet. 
No, 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 not at all. So when this person was sharing with me too last week, after the Bible study, I was just smiling in my heart because it's something that I know happens to people. This person found, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to say, so this person found, how will I put it? I don't want to use the gender. Uh, so this person, uh, I mean, the person got involved with, and I have the person's permission. That's why I'm sharing it anyway. So don't think pastor is spilling and pastor is up. Nah, nah. The person actually wanted me to share it so that people can also learn. And I'm glad because it is when you hide a sin that you don't prosper. The Bible says to us in the book of Proverbs, and I think in those that are currently in the believers class should remember this Bible verse, that it is when you confess and forsake your sin that you prosper. If you keep hiding your sin, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, that you will not obtain mercy. So the moment you say it out, the moment you say it out, that is the beginning of freedom. You've defeated the enemy. So this person told me, and said, Pastor, I just found myself with a co-worker and I'm just meeting for the first time I think if I remember that correctly and something came on this person and they were sexual thoughts sexual thoughts that this person began to imagine having it with this co-worker and it was so strong on this person that the person actually had that thought conversation so the person was relating with what we learned last week. That see, this thing happens to people. Every one of us will go through sifting. Some of us will not want to hold to it. If I ask now, how many of you are falling into temptation? How many of you are willing to talk about your experience? Most people will not want to. Probably they are ashamed or the few people will look down on themselves. No! You come out to shame the devil because the God wants our mess to become our message. God wants people to learn from our mistake. And that was what Jesus told Peter. Jesus told Peter, he said, see, if you get converted, if you turn back to me, strengthen the burden. How do you strengthen the burden? Your testimony. Because you are not in it. Even if you fall, God doesn't care. As long as Jesus has not come and you are not dead, repent. Repent and then be bold. Talk about talk about it. That's why when I teach you guys, I talk about my past because it is my past. I don't care. It is my past. You ain't gonna do anything to me because I am only before God, gonna stand before God. Everyone is gonna stand before God. And then I'm accountable to everyone around me, including you all. So if anything happens to me, I talk about it because I have repented. That's if I fell anyway. So, it is very key for us to never, never to inflate our integrity. Because you and I will always get caught off guard. You will never know. And you see that thing, when that person said something just came, that thing just came on. And, you know, it was so strong. I knew because it has happened to me too before. As a matter of fact, it happens to so many people so, all the time, oftentimes. You will just see yourself beginning to like someone or something will just cross you and you will feel something that is wrong with that person. Or you will feel an urge to just lie. Or to just deny something. That's the devil. You're being run through the sifter. But you got to pass it. You got to pass it. So number two on the screen is that Peter got off guard. He got off sifted during a crisis. And that crisis, Jesus needed him. Jesus near him. He was going to go defend Jesus in his own way. A lot of us want to defend God in our own way. A lot of us want to fight for Jesus in our own way. But it is not that type of fight. When they came to arrest Jesus that night, there was crisis. And Peter took out the sword, cut off the soldier's ear. Jesus had to put the ear back and say, Hey, no, you don't do that yet. That's not how we do it. Because we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers, against dominions and might. So it's not that kind of fight. Peter, I said earlier on, not only denied Jesus, he also rained curses on himself to hide his identity. And when the call crows, 
his eyes and Jesus' eyes met. As we read last week. Do you know that your eyes and the eyes of Jesus too will meet someday? Ladies and gentlemen, Peter, God, sifted. God sift us for the following reasons. So that he can separate true believers from the false ones. So that he can return us back to true worship. God sift us. Allow sifting to happen to us at different times, different seasons. Because he wants to show us the truth about who we are. To tell you that there is still fornication inside of you. To tell you that there is still some form of lies inside of you. To tell you that the moment you and your friends begin to talk, you will forget yourself and you will start saying dirty words with them. To tell you that the moment you start driving and somebody on the road is trying to curse you out, you probably will curse that person back. And I'm sure all of us who drive, we know this. You will just see yourself. I think I told you guys last week too, that there was a time, I didn't know when the word S-H-I-T was going to come out of my mouth. It was going to come out, and then I held it back. I said, ah, no, uh, no, 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 you ain't coming out. No, 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 you ain't coming out. No, 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 no. In fact, you shouldn't be inside of me. So I knew I had a lot of problem. That why were you even inside of me? S-H-I-T? Oh, no. So I, I knew I had a lot of problem. So God was making me to see that, hey, this is inside of me. This is inside of me. He allows us to go through sifting. He won't only dump you into the sifter. You're going to be run through the sifter. You're going to be shaking. That's why some of your prayers you might feel is not being answered. That's why you see that you're just having challenges today, tomorrow, challenges. Why? Is it only you? Is it only you? You will see people giving you things that you should say no to. You'll be exposed to different forms of temptation. That is when your ex will call you. That is when your, 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 your co-worker will, will make a pass at you. That is when your neighbor will also make a pass at you. That is when you will suddenly see somebody, it might even be in the church, and you just suddenly like this person. And then that likeness will become a, a, a romantic one. A sinful one, a sexual one. And you're wondering, how did I get myself into this? It happens, so it's not just you. So don't feel that you are like an assistant devil. No, it happens to everyone. Whether you are a pastor or whoever, it happens to everyone. You get caught between the, uh, the, 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 the deep sea and you don't know what to do. But you probably want to lie. You get pulled over by the cops and you think lie is the only thing that can save you. Oh, I didn't run the red light. Oh, I didn't run the stop sign. Because you don't want to get a ticket. So all of those things, God allows us to what? Go through sifting so that he can show us the weaknesses in us. He wants us to come to remorse and repent. That is what God always wants. Not the other way. Not the other way. So Jesus told Peter, he said that you will go through this. Now, having done a summary of what we've done in the past two weeks. i like to end with a particular Bible va- uh, chapter, John chapter 21. And I'm going to read the over. Unfortunately, I didn't put it on the screen, so you probably have to follow me as I begin to read. Shall we all open to the book of John? John chapter 21. And I'll try to read a little bit fast because of our time. I want to stop talking and allow you all to talk. John chapter 21, and I'm going to read the whole chapter. The Bible says, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version, the Bible says in John chapter 21, verses 1, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, Galilee. And he did it in this way. Verses 2, Simon Peter and Thomas, who is called Didymus, the twin, and Nathanael from Cana of Galilee, as well as John and James, the son of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing, they said, and we are coming with you. So they went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. That night they caught nothing. See, there are times when we are out of God's will for our lives, when we backslide, you will always catch nothing. This is then Peter, that the first experience he had when Jesus called him to ministry, he was at his job. 
He was also fishing. This is the same Peter in Luke chapter 5 that Jesus gave a mighty miracle, a net-breaking miracle. This same Peter who told Jesus that I can never deny you. But Peter who is to lead the church, Peter who is to be the head of a team, is now saying to everyone here in verses uh, 3, Babu says, Simon, Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said, and we are coming with you. So they went out and got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. They caught nothing because when you are out of God's will for your life, it will always be struggle and frustration. When God calls you to his service, to his work, and you decide to do otherwise, it's going to just end up in tears. Sooner or later, you will regret it. In verses 4. The Bible says, as morning was breaking, Jesus came and stood on the beach. However, the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish to eat along with your bread? They answered, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When you are out of the will of God, you would always make efforts towards the wrong direction. Imagine Jesus said, cast the net on the right hand of the boat. Then be fishing on the wrong place. So you need to know all the time that you must always be with Jesus, be in his will, do what he wants. As we read, I think on Sunday or so in Psalm chapter 37, that do all that the Lord wants and he will grant you the desires of your heart. The Bible says that Jesus said to them in verse 6, and he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast the net and then they were not able to haul it in because of the great cash of fish. Then that disciple John, whom Jesus loved, esteemed, said to Peter, It is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer tunic, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea and swam ashore. But the other disciples came in the small boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards away, dragging the net full of fish. So when they got out of the beach, they saw a charcoal fire set up and fish on it cooking and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net to land full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. See, you can't be in ministry, you can't be a follower of Christ and you will not serve. See Jesus serving them breakfast. See Jesus having that servant attitude. Jesus never proved to be the boss. Before he died, he was washing their feet. <laughs> Even Peter was saying, no, you can't do that to me. Jesus said, you better allow me to do otherwise you don't have a part with me. And then despite all that they did to Jesus, leaving his walk, betraying Jesus, Simon Peter, who should influence people, right? His decision now was to take people farther away from Christ. Yet Jesus did not revenge. Jesus still went to show them an example. He said, come and have breakfast. He served them. The Bible says in verses 12, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew without any doubt that it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he had risen from the dead. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Imagine Jesus not calling Simon Peter. When Jesus was with Peter initially, he was calling him Simon Peter. But this time around, he was Simon, Simon son of John. Jesus called Peter in the name that, or in the, in, in the lifestyle that he was before. Jesus called Peter based on the weaknesses he has. Jesus, who had already told Peter, Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gate of hell will not prevail against thee. The same Peter, who was able to tell Jesus that thou art the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, It is not flesh that revealed this to you. The same Peter, that should be the head of the church. Now, Jesus didn't call him Peter. He called him Simon, son of John. He's calling him, You the weak guy. You being in who you are. That was what he called Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? What does it mean? In bracket, he says, 
Do you love me more than this? With total commitment and devotion? Peter responded to Jesus. He says, yes, Lord. You know that I love you with a deep personal affection. As for a close friend. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. In verse 16, he said again, the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? With total commitment and devotion. He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you with a deep personal affection as for a close friend. Jesus said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with a deep personal affection for me as for a close friend? Peter was grieved, just like a lot of us. They keep calling you, keep telling you the same thing. You get grieved and you get fed up. So the Bible says Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you really love me? with a deep personal affection as for a close friend. And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you with a deep personal affection as for a close friend. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. St. Peter would deny Jesus who was cursing himself. And in verse 18, the Bible says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and walked wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and arms and someone else will dress you and carry you where you do not wish to go. Now, he said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter will glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Walk the same path of life that I have walked. That is what it means when he said, follow me. Jesus is also saying to you and I today, follow me. And he's saying that my word, meaning follow me, is that you and I should walk the same path of life that he has walked. In verses 20, the Bible says, Peter turned and said the disciple and saw the disciple who Jesus loved, following them. The one who also had leaned back on his chest had the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? So when Peter saw him, he asked Jesus, Lord, what about this man? What is in his future? A lot of us like that. You are always concerned about all I want. Instead of you to focus on yourself. And you will see what Jesus responded in verses 22. Jesus said to Peter, he said, if I want him to stay alive until I come again, what is that to you? That was like he's showing you. <laughs> now, what is that to you? You follow me. You focus on yourself. It is you and me. Leave other people alone. The Bible says in verses 23, So this word went out among the, other, uh, among the brothers that, is, that this disciple John was not going to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not going to die. But only if I want him to stay alive until I come again, what is that to you? This is the same disciple who testified to these things, and so on and so forth. We could read that towards the end. But the point here is to let you and I know that after everything, maybe because Peter felt God has given up on him, maybe because Peter felt that he has done enough, God has had enough of him, so there's no way God can use him anymore. But God is a merciful God. See, what is more important is that as long as it is not too late, there is room for you and I to repent. As long as it is not too late. While you are here breathing, it is very key that we understand that God doesn't want the death of a sinner. But for every sinner to come to repentance, every action, every step you take that is wrong, it will always affect so many other believers and their blood will be on your head. Or my head if it was me. Look at these disciples. If Jesus didn't come back to show mercy, James, John, and other, others would have also not become an apostle and achieved the will of God. So, we will go through this season. Let our lives show for the same path that Jesus walked. Let us follow him with all of our heart. Because you can't escape it. I can't escape it. We would always be dump into, into the sifter. Always. And we'll always be run through the sifter. Always. It is either we come out alive, <laughs> I mean, passing the temptations and all that, or not. Or not. So that is where we stop tonight because it was just to take our mind back to where we started two weeks ago so we don't just forget them easily. Because I know some of you, like, I, I mean, Someone shared with me last week, mainly we finished, that I was being put through the sifter. 
I don't know about you too. So if you have questions you want to ask, something not clear, or there's a contribution you want to make, or you want to share similar experiences to, um, please, the lines are open now. I will allow you to unmute yourself and let's hear you. Either it's a question, be it a question, a contribution, or a clarification. Please, let's, let's see what we can learn before we pray. Before we pray, and then we call it a day uh, tonight. But, ladies and gentlemen, we'll always be dumped into the sifter and we'll be run through the sifter. Amen. Amen. Do we have anybody in our midst tonight who wants to share um, uh, an experience with us or who has a question to ask or a clarification to make? Anybody in the house? I don't want to start calling names. Anyone in the house? Anyone in the house who is here? We have Brother Dio in our midst tonight, uh, Sister Fumi, Pastor Mrs. Uh, we have Sister Funke, Brother Sunda, Sister Sumbo, and Sister Emanuela. Questions? Questions about everything we've been saying so far for the past two weeks? Questions, clarifications, or you want to share similar experiences that you've had in the past? Who is willing to talk? Come on, you guys shouldn't be ashamed. <laughs> Who is willing to talk? Who is willing? If you don't talk, and I'll call your names. Let me start with the top on the list. Brother Dio, if you're there, tell us. It's been a while. Thank you for coming tonight. If you're there, what do you think about being dumped in the sifter, running through the sifter, the life of Peter, and all he went through? What experiences can we learn here? Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you for that. All right. The next person on the list I'm seeing here is Sister Fumi. If you're there, please unmute yourself and tell us. If you have questions, if you don't have questions, do you have something to contribute? If you don't have anything to contribute, do you have an experience you want to share with us? Um, no, no, sir. All right. And then we move to Pastor Mrs. You're the next person on the list here. Questions, clarifications, contributions, or any similar experience you have to share with us if you are there. Um. Thank God for the word. I just admonish each other among us to daily ask for grace such that whenever we have been shifted, we can come out strong. It's only the grace of God that can keep it on, irrespective of how many years you've been a Christian. And like Pastor said, 
the devil would always leave you for a while, like he, like he left Jesus, and he will come back. Let's continually ask God for grace. Hallelujah, and thank you for that. The next person here is Sister Sumbo. Um, if you're there, do you have a question, a clarification, or something to contribute? Um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for the word. Um, God continues to renew your anointing. Um, I do not have a question. Um, even though I don't want to share it before, I already shared with Pastor B. But I will, I will, I will share my experience because um, I just wanted to share it so that people will know that this is this is real. Never say never, never say oh, like Peter said, oh, I cannot deny Jesus. Oh, at the end of the day, he did deny Jesus. Oh, you know, God had mercy on him. So, um, as you all know, um, and be- before I even start, uh, based on what Co-Pastor said, you know, we should always ask for grace because without the grace of God, <laughs> I don't know, we, we, we can't get anywhere in this, you know, in, in this journey. Um, so, you know, grace of God, we should ask for grace. Uh, His grace should be sufficient for us in everything we do. Um, so, I think few weeks back, if not a month now, um, as you all know, I'm married with two kids. So I um, I went to because I, I work from home, so I went to the office to pick up some stuff already. I was supposed to go a week before, but something came up. I couldn't go. Um, so the day I went to the office, um, that was the last day I had to you know go pick what I needed to pick up. So when I got to the office, the person that was going to attend to me, I don't know this lady. So uh, when I got out, got out of the elevator, so was I? Oh, is that is that somebody? He mentioned my name. I was like, yes, that's me. So there's another guy that he, she was talking to. I think he came for the same thing I came for. So we exchanged greetings. So because um, that was the first time I was, because it's you know it's been a while we've been working for months. So that was the first time I would be in the office. So she was giving us the tour of the office and everything. So after that, I picked what I needed to pick. And as I was leaving, the guy that I met there, that the lady was talking to when I came, um, and we met at the elevator. So we were talking, I was asking about more projects and stuff like that. Oh, and he was like, oh, I'm not on a project yet. And oh, I asked him, we, we were talking and we got up the elevator downstairs at the reception, we sat down. And um, I was like, okay, oh, I, I can talk to someone on my team, you know, maybe there's any opening and, you know, they, they can reach out to you. So we exchanged numbers and um, I, I gave him my email, my uh, work email. <sighs> it was, I, I don't know, I've never experienced this in my life. I never knew this guy anywhere. I, I, I never, that was the person I was seeing him. I never saw him seen before. So as we were leaving, as I got in my he got in his car, he left, I got in my car and I I don't know. I was it was like there were fighting a war in my maybe in my mind, my head, like thinking on all his stuff between me and this guy. I was fighting it, I was fighting it, I was praying. It was so intense, it was so, 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 so much intense. I had to, you know, I had to just stay there in my car. I was, you know, I was just praying that, God, what is this? Like, I've never experienced this in my life. I don't know this person, we've never met, but why am I feeling this type of way? I started praying. Until you know, I, I I was driving in the car. I was praying. I got home. I was praying. So while I was driving in the car, you know, yeah, God, God, God spoke to me that you know I I had to fast and pray. That the prayer doesn't you know doesn't stop in the car. Not just you know in the car. That I have to pray for that. I have to you know fast. Um. So the morning of my fasting, as I was doing, I don't even know what I was doing. Something came into my mind because there was another dream that I had that was like, I that was because I was praying that God should, you know, show me the meaning of that dream, and it was kind of like related to what I experienced. And God told me that that was the meaning of the dream you had. 
and I was praying, I was praying, I was praying. I finished the fasting and prayer and you know everything, you know, everything, all those evil thoughts in my in my mind went away and I was like, oh my god. So when I came to Bible study and Pastor B was last week, Pastor B was um preaching about sitting, everything, everything, you know, kind of like spoke to me. I was like, oh my god, this is my own safety but i thank god you know it, it wasn't it wasn't something that you know the, I, I didn't feel for the trap of the enemy you know god didn't lead me into temptation but he delivered me from people you know i, I just wanted to share you that this is is real i'm married i mean there's no there's no point for me to be thinking that or even saying i wanted to do something like that but that's the devil so I, I do I you know I just wanted to put that out that the sitting is real and I pray that whenever you know we are going through our sitting, you know, we will not fall for you know will not fall and you know perish with you know with with the sitting. So Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you for that experience and I believe that we all can learn from it one way or the other. And thank God that uh, it was one sided. It wasn't coming from the other party because probably would have been worse so we give god praise on that all right uh, let's quickly move to the next person sister emanuela if you're there you have a question or a clarification or you want to share a contribution with us sister emanuela if you're there please go ahead and unmute yourself everyone good evening, good evening. Um, yeah thanks for sharing sharing this message, I feel like um, everyone was and that can maybe relate. I don't really have like specific stories to share, but just something in general um, that I wanted to share is that, you know, I feel like this because of my experience, I feel like with the time, you know, a while ago where I used to really struggle with, with lying. And you know, it wasn't like I was lying to hurt people or I was trying to deceive people. It was more from um, perspective, I want to hurt my friends' feelings. People come and ask me questions like, Have I gained weight? Yeah, it was very random thing. It wasn't like what related. <laughs> it was like very, you know, non. It was very, like, you know, non. Like, very, what's the word? Informal discussion that those lies will come up. And obviously, you know, the person is a little insecure, and the person has gained a lot of weight. You don't want them being awake all night. Um, little things like that so you know while you know, just trying to you know, work on my relationship with god i read that that they have been i have to figure out a way to stop um because you know it's it's, it's, it's not it's not good to lie essentially that's one of the you know, that's a very very big sin it's almost you know, equal to a lot of other sins um, even though the, the even though the intention is not bad <laughs> um, it's still a sin so something i've been working on and I feel like every now and then I, I, I feel much freer um, you know, saying the truth. And a recent example where I was able to you know, really show myself that I overcome that was, you know, there was an issue in the family whereby I'd recorded someone's conversation. Um, not because of a bad thing as well. I was just trying to show, the person was trying to apologize to somebody in the family. And so I was trying to record them so I could talk to that person, like, this person is really sorry, please forgive them and talk to them. And so I think the person got to find out, the person asked me, and you know, former Emma would have just said no. <laughs> I never recorded you. <laughs> so I said they won't feel bad and they won't like, you know, have to worry. But I just knew that, you know, um, I had to tell them the truth. So it's one of the many things that I am dealing with, but one that I feel like I'm being very proud of. So. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for that experience. It's a wonderful one. And you know, it might not be like what is that somebody share that is that visible. Uh it could come in little little things. And those are the things that the devil are looking for. Thank you so much, Sister Emanuela, for sharing that with us. Okay, we have Sister Funke. Bye. So, can I quickly? I'm sorry, I just remember something that I just needed to add. Okay. Um, I know Professor, she did mention that, um, you know, even though we have been seated, that doesn't mean we won't be seated anymore. Mm-hmm. Like how, you know, the devil left Jesus for a while and then came back. 
So in my own situation, I, I know that, you know, I can be caught, uh, caught off guard, sorry. Uh, you know, even though I've passed through this first, you know, probably because this is kind of like my, maybe my first 15 or I don't know, I can't remember, but... <laughs>